Hello everybody and welcome back to Jack's Corner. I'm Tarzan Bonanno and with me as always is our founder Jack Figgle. Today, he's going to tell us about the last time he met Pope Francis and all the fun that came with that. So Jack, how are you doing? Hi Tarzan, glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to him forever. I'm doing well, and you? I am doing fantastic. Oh, uh, good, good. Uh... Yeah, I think I think we've finished our winter, and uh, now it's February, and so spring is around the corner for us in Washington. Well, if we finished winter this year here in Ohio, that was one springtime of winter because it snowed like three times total. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, well. yeah. We, we had one we had one snow, and that's about all we get. Well, I guess we'll find out because today, uh, for listen for listeners, it's Fridays for us. You guys listening is Monday. Today's Groundhog Day. I guess if it sees its shadow, we'll know. It's yeah. also a presentation yeah. of the Lord in the West. <laughs> uh, that's right. Well, in the East too. All right. I guess we, we call it. It's not a presentation. We call it the meeting or the encounter of Christ with Simeon. We'll see. It's not called the presentation of the Lord. It's the same feast, but not the yeah. same name. Uh, yeah, similarly, not the same. with the immaculate, con- uh, the immaculate conception is uh, the conception Dormition. of Anne or whatever. Yeah. Conception, right? Yeah, the right. assumption is Dormition. It's the same day, yeah. different name. Yeah, yeah, different theology too. Different purpose. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> yeah, like you know. What we call Epiphany and what you guys call and what Wes calls Epiphany is like not the same activity. Nope. But you know what? This is for the these. This is for the Eastern people. So I guess it's the uh, meeting right. of Christ. Yeah, today's Satan. the encounter. And today it's got is the encounter for y'all. Yeah, and it's got my most favorite prayer that we sing at Vespers every night. I'll make sure to do that. Now you may dismiss your servant, O Lord, for my eyes have seen your glory. Mm, I love that. All right. Well, so, let's get on topic with the Pope. Right, right. So um, it was the year 2017, um, and there were like three things that, three or four things that conflated into one big, long more than two week trip that I took. Um, And it all started with um, a group here in Washington uh, called Net Zero. And it was a grassroots movement around the world uh, to get all nuclear arms eliminated in all countries you're just surrounded by grassroots movements aren't you yeah that's that's all i know how to do uh anyway they asked me to help them contact the vatican some years before this and have the vatican and this net zero group co-sponsor a conference about eliminating nuclear weapons in the world the concept of that is funny to me. Just imagining this, I know you said it's grassroots, but just like, I'm imagining a bunch of guys in suits calling you up, hey, um, Mr. Figgle, 
Uh, can you get us in contact with the Pope, please? I know you're just this uh, random guy in uh, Virginia, right? <laughs> you were in Virginia at the time. You yep. still are. Uh, I know you're just a slowly guy in Virginia, but can you uh, contact the Pope for us, please? Thank you. <laughs> well, it wasn't random, but that's in fact what happened. Um, they found out from, I forget who the mutual friend was, that I had arranged for various audiences before this. Okay. And so they had been told that I had connections to get to see the Pope. All right, that, that so, makes more sense. Because, again, it's like they found you somewhere it. and decided this yeah. is the guy to call. <laughs> yeah. But, no, yeah. it was a friend of yours who was involved. That makes more sense. That's right. That's right. So uh, a friend uh, put us together. I contacted the Vatican in 2016. And the, re the idea was to do something by November of 2017 for the 100th anniversary of the armistice of World War One. That was the target. Well, um, that didn't go anywhere, but a year later, I found out that the Vatican is indeed hosting a conference about net zero, but they were doing it with a whole bunch of other groups, like the United Nations. So and net zero just kind of had the in now. So it, it either they took our idea and they went and did it on their own or something was already in the works when we talked to them. And, and so, you know, our little conversation didn't go anywhere. But a year later, uh, because I had set up a, a, uh, a uh, visit with the cardinal in charge who was in Washington with these guys in late 2016, I got on the mailing list, and so I got invited to the Vatican conference about nuclear weapons that did indeed take place um, uh, on November 10th and 11th of 2017. So that's how this all got started. So you're uh, saying was, if I have something to tell the Pope and I call them, I'll get an invitation to a meeting. Cool. <laughs> that, seems, <laughs> that seems reasonable. Well, if you're Jack Fiegel, you would. All right. Hey, I have something to tell the Pope, and my boss is Jack Fiegel uh, from yeah, there you go. Uh, Eastern Christian yeah. Publications. Can I come meet That's the right. Pope now? Yep. That's right. That'll work. That'll get you in. Yeah. Uh, so I combined that with a um, uh, pilgrimage to Eastern Europe uh, and a visit to various uh, sites in Slovakia and Hungary. And I invited a small group of parishioners and anybody else that wanted to go. And so I organized this little trip for about 10 of us. Uh, and we fly, we flew into um, Budapest uh, from London um, and uh, spent a couple of days in Uzrad, went to uh, the feast at the end of October, of Blessed Theodore Rongia of Transcarpathia. Um, uh, we went to visit some wooden churches. We went into Hungary and had dinner with Archbishop Metropolitan Philip Kochis of, of the Greek Catholic Church there. Um, we went to the shrine of Maria Poch, uh, which is the famous icon and had a liturgy. Um, we then went into Slovakia, uh, visited Košice and Kokotov and Mikulovsa, 
we went on a dinner cruise on the Danube River from Budapest. And then we flew back to London. And then I flew from London to Rome for this conference. So the group and I went uh, for a week or so to Eastern Europe. And then I stayed in Europe and went to this conference in Rome. Fair. So that's how this all that's how this all kind of got kind of got started. Yeah, there's a shrine to Maria Poch uh, about thirty minutes away from me, and I still have yet to go see it. Oh, <laughs> so well. this hearing this yeah. now, I'm like maybe that's my sign to go and, and get yeah. a shot key yeah. from the monastery across the street. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I've been I've been to the uh, the original one a couple of times. Well, one day. Yeah. Uh, so this event was taking place in, in Rome, uh, was going to be in the audience, not the audience hall, in the um, large conference room that they use for meetings of the bishops. For instance, the, the synod meeting that had been taking place recently, we're all in this room, and it seats about 300 people. It's very steep uh, in terms of the seating so that everybody can see down to the, the main table and the podium down front. Um, and it's just uh, off to the left in the same building as the Paul VI audience hall that they use for general audiences. And I think that room seats like two or 3,000. Um, and then St. Peter's Basilica that they use for audiences when the weather gets bad, I think seats four or 5,000. Uh, and of course the general audience um, in the square is usually 100,000 plus. So uh, depending on the weather and the time of year, they use different places. Anyway, we were, we were close, close by there to St. Peter's, walking distance certainly from St. Peter's Square. And so I decided to splurge and I booked myself a room in a hotel that used to be the residence of a Cardinal Chessy some few hundred years ago. And it was so it was his palazzo, and that's the name of the hotel now. And it's literally um a hundred feet from St. Peter's Square. It's the very first building you come to when you walk through the colonnade down the street leaving St. Peter's. On the right-hand side, it's this little doorway with no signs, no nothing out front. Um, you have to know that that's where you're going. Uh, so it's a pretty sort of uh, uh, quiet, isolated, hidden place that you got to know what you're doing to, to uh, even know it's there and, and know that you can book a room online. Kind of like a hole in the wall. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and you you walk in and you walk up these steps and you come into a, a beautiful garden that's a good, uh, almost, I'd say, half the size of a football field inside the building. And it's open air, so there's trees and plants and a water fountain and walkways. And over on the one side, again, you have to know where you're going, over on the one side, is a doorway that is the office to go check in for the hotel. See, this is this is one of my favorite things about 
uh, Jack's Corner is the fact that you're telling us all these like insider secrets and I'm just like I know where I'm going to stay if I go to the Vatican <laughs> yep well these are all all the tricks of the trade and things I've learned over over the years um, so I booked into that because the conference was going to be over a two-day period and I figured rather than spending money on taxis um, and certainly in Rome because of parking and everything, doing a rental car from the airport is just not, I, I did that once. I'll never do it again. I mean, people complain about driving in New York City. Rome is 10 times worse. Uh, I remember the first time I drove to Rome, uh, I was on a trip uh, driving all the way from, uh, I flew into Vienna, drove down to Rome, and then drove back up, and that was my first trip in 1984 to get into Slovakia, uh, crossing the border when it was still communist. And driving in Rome, I got onto one of the circles where you go round and round in one direction, and I went around about four times until I could figure out how to get out of it. <laughs> so anyway, back to my story. It, the uh, So the hotel uh, was called the Palazzo Cardinal Cesi. It was a beautiful old, old, uh, you know, residence that they turned all the bedrooms into uh, sleeping rooms. Uh, you had a private bath, but, you know, the single rooms were pretty small. You know, you hit the bed when you opened the door. Uh, it, that kind of a place. But that's all I needed was a, a bed to sleep in. Uh, and down in the uh, uh, in the middle of the building where the garden was, they had just a few little tables and chairs, and they had breakfast every morning, but no restaurant. So all you could get was wine and some snacks uh, in the evening without going out to a restaurant, and that was good enough for me. So you know what else do you need? wine and some cheese and crackers and uh, we had nice lunch buffet lunch at the conference so that was that was just fine for me yeah i mean basically eating breakfast like a king cheese yeah. and wine yeah yeah it was it was beautiful and it was very comfortable uh you know it was really really old world and very very quiet uh the streets were you know a building apart uh, you know, you, you you had to walk a walk a long way inside the building to get away from the front door, uh, even though you're right on the Via Consiglia zone, right there, and you know, uh, across the street from the Vatican Press Office, and almost in sight of St. Peter's if the colonnade wasn't in your way. So it was a perfect perfect place, and literally, I could walk from my hotel to the meeting room in about 15 minutes. With my security badge and everything else, it was it was great, and it was it was kind of fun walking around, uh, you know, with a security badge on and being able to get through the Vatican into the room. Uh, I wore a cassock because I'm a reader, and since at these sorts of formal events, all the clergy were all dressed up in cassocks, I thought I'm going to play uh, play clergy, and that actually turned out out to be uh, uh, useful uh, as part of my story. So we're at this event, and uh, uh, Cardinal Peter Turkson, 
was in charge of it. And he was the cardinal that I've been dealing with, with the people from Washington, the net zero folks and the meeting we had. And he was the one who put me on the list to get invited. And so I went up to greet him when I first arrived and thanked him for inviting me. And he said, oh, yes, yes, I remember you, Jack, and blah, blah, blah. We chit-chatted for a bit. And I asked him, are we going to have a private audience with the Pope? And he said, oh, yes, yes, it's on the agenda. We'll be meeting with him. And I said, great. I brought some a book to give him as a gift. Will we have a chance to greet him individually? And he never quite gave me a yes answer. It was like, maybe, you know, you know, it, it was... Yeah, come see, come see. Uh, we'll see, we'll see. So uh, we had the first morning of the conference, and then right after the morning session, we were told that's when we were going to go have the audience with Pope Francis. And so all 300-plus of us walked uh, over to the Apostolic Palace across the square, went up to the audience room, the Clementine Hall, that I've been to numerous times before, up the long bronze gate staircase um, and up into the the the, the room. And um, there were 300 plus chairs set up for all of us to, to have a seat. And uh, I could see the white chair that was way up front. And that was where the Pope was going to be. And having been to a couple of these before, I kind of knew the drill. Um, and so... Uh, uh, earlier in the morning, at the very first session, I happened to spot another Easterner. Um, it was a bishop from the Cyril Malabar Church in India because he had a funny cap on. We've got a mission for them in, in uh, downtown. Uh, okay. Yep. So one of their bishops was there. Uh, Mar Basilios, I think was his name. And I went over and sat next to him in my Byzantine cassock, introduced myself, and immediately, you know, being probably the only two Eastern Catholics in the room out of 300, we sort of sort of palled up together and, you know, had lunch together and all that sort of sat together and all that. So, so he, he was very, very friendly, very, you know, open. He spoke English well. Uh, so we, we got along fine. So we, we get to this audience, and I see that the bishops are all seated in the first row. And having been to uh, audiences before, I know that bishops are always invited up to greet the Pope at the end of his remarks uh, first. So I went over to the bishop in the first row, and I said, uh, Your Grace, I have this book for the Pope to give him. It's a Spanish translation of the book I published on the Jesus Prayer. And in the back of the book, we have a picture of him giving a blessing at the World Youth Day in Rio de Janeiro with his hand up in the air. And around his wrist is an Eastern prayer rope called the Chotki. And it's very visible on his wrist. And so it's quite obvious that he prays the Jesus prayer on occasion with his chapki. And we, you know, we knew of this picture because I published the book already in English, and now we had a Spanish version. And so I had done all this sort of behind the scenes work in advance to have a Spanish copy 
And one of the parishioners that was on the trip that didn't go to Rome with me, but she uh, gave me a chalky with white uh, beads in between the black knots. And she thought that would be a perfect, simple, papal kind of chalky, you know, having the white in it along with, with the black knots. So she gave it to me to give to the Pope if I ever had the chance to, to, to meet him. Did he get the chalky? I'm sorry? Did he get the new Chotky? In the end, yes. And that's that's the 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 part of the story that I sort of overplan. Hmm. Uh, having been to these audiences before, um, I couldn't imagine how the Pope was going to greet 300 of us individually. Um, the front half of the room was already filled up, so I was not going to get a seat anywhere close to the front. And here was this bishop friend of mine, uh, who was definitely going to get to greet him. So I went over to the bishop and I said, Bishop, I have this book and I have this chotki. Would you please give it to the Pope for me? And the bishop, of course, said, of course, Jack, I'll be happy to. So I give my book and I give the chotki to the bishop and I go back to my seat three quarters of the way back and sit down and relax that I've accomplished my goal. I've got the book and the chotki on the way to the Pope. So I'm feeling pretty good about myself, right? So then we, uh, the Pope comes into the room and, you know, we sit and, and listen attentively. Uh, I believe he spoke in English, um, you know, uh, addressing an international group about nuclear disarmament and gave his, you know, personal support and endorsement to the effort and so forth and so on. And what was over, they started you know, the bishop from the front row to go up and greet him one by one. And of course, when everybody greets the Pope one by one, there are two photographers taking uh, digital pictures. And each person, because there's no film or cost involved, usually gets four or five pictures from two different photographers. So there's eight or 10 pictures of every person greeting the Pope. So the bishops all go up and then they start the VIPs from the conference and then they start to the second row and the third row. And I'm saying, oh, wow, they are going to get us all to see them. So I think, son of a gun, you know, I'm going to I'm going to go get my book back. I should have. So that I, I can give it to myself. Yeah, exactly. I screwed up. You know, I was overthinking it, getting the bishop to give it. You know, why didn't I just sit and be patient with my book and just wait? you know, till the Cardinal said that, you know, I was going to get to greet him. Well, I mean, you didn't think you were going to see him because of I, how I packed did. it was. So, like, right. I mean, you know, it makes but, sense, but, like, finding out, like, darn it, <laughs> where's my book? Where's Bishop? So, in my black cassock, I was, you know, had pretty much free reign to walk around the room, so I walked up to the front and I, you know, had noticed earlier the American archbishop who was sort of escorting people in and out and sort of the MC of the event. And I walked over to him and I said, um, your excellency, um, I'm so-and-so. And I gave a book and a prayer rope to this uh, Eastern bishop who gave it to the Pope uh, earlier, but it's from me. Um, can I get it back so that I can present it to him and get a picture? 
No. Just no. Exactly. <laughs> he said, exactly. He said, no. Once it's given, it's given. There's no takesy backsies. End of the end of the conversation. I couldn't plead. It was just no. And of course, then I realized what happened. As soon as the Pope got it, gave it to some assistant, and it was already in the archives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was no way they're going to get it back. So it's somewhere, somewhere in the Vatican yeah. Library. Yep. Some somewhere in all that the secret rooms. So very very downtrodden, I returned to my seat and waited patiently for all the line to go up. And I actually thought, well, why bother going to see him now that I don't have a book to give him? But then I thought better of that and figured, ah, I might as well, I'm here. I might as well go and do like everybody else. So I got in line and I walked up there and I was so, so flummoxed with myself that when I got to meet him, I couldn't think of anything to say. The only thing, I shook his hand, I kissed his hand, and he smiled at me, and all I could think of to say was, thank you very much, your holiness. <laughs> I was, I was my, my brain was just so upset with myself for having, you know, not trusted in the Lord that I was gonna be able to give him the book. And so, so then I turned, and of course, Cardinal Turkson, who was the sponsor of the whole event, is standing there next to the Pope and making introductions to the people that he wants to introduce and so forth and so on. And as I turn away from the Pope and the, the Cardinal sees me and says, oh, Jack, didn't you have a book to give him? <laughs> he remembered. Yes, uh, the thing about that is. <laughs> yeah, and then I said, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, I... I, I gave it to the Eastern Bishop earlier to give him, and so I don't have it. And, so there's uh, no photo so, op this time. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, no picture yeah, of me so. giving a book to Pope Francis again. No, yeah. no chat key. So what I did was, you know, after these audiences, um, you can go to the the photographers' offices. They they use two different commercial photographers. Uh, and you go to their offices and review all the digital films and then order pictures. And then they send them to you after the fact a week or two later. And I think they charge five euros for a little a five by seven and 10 euros for an eight by 10. And so I ordered a five by seven of the Eastern Bishop coming to greet the, the Pope, the Eastern Bishop showing him, giving him the book and the chalky on top so that my friend from church can see the chotpi being given to the Pope. And a third picture of the bishop opening the page in the book in the back, because I showed it to the bishop. He shows to the Pope the page with him with his hand from Rio de Janeiro that's printed in the book. And then I, I bought another one of me greeting the Pope myself. And so on my wall of audience pictures in my house, I have a frame with all four scenes. So in fact, when people come to visit, I can tell the story all over again of how I gave a book to the Pope, but didn't give a book to the Pope. How I gave the book to the Pope through a bishop. Right. <laughs> uh, no, but it, 
it would have been like I was half expecting for when you get when you got up there without the book or the chat key for Pope Francis to be like Jack <laughs> just because <laughs> you've already met him and you've presented him with something before just be like yep. Jack <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. yeah. No, he just smiled, and you know. Now, now I have met him three times, but I don't think he'll he he remember me. He sees, you know, literally a thousand a people a day. Um, so, uh, anyway, uh, how, how many that, that was, bishops? How many people do, does he see more than once, though? <laughs> like, yeah, you get a lot of people coming in, greeting him, and whatnot. But then there's like those faces that you've seen more than once, and at which point you'd be like, even if he didn't remember your name, maybe that's why he smiled. He was just like, yeah, yeah. I, know I, who, I don't know your name, but I know who you are. I yeah. recognize you. <laughs> well, we'll see. I'm hoping next year for the Jubilee and for the anniversary of Nicaea, uh, I actually had a conversation on Zoom this week. Uh, Zoom is now wonderful for these sorts of things. Uh, I had a conversation with the tour guide and his brother in Jerusalem, who did our pilgrimage last summer to uh, the Holy Land. He's now going to organize a trip for us to go to Turkey and visit Nicaea, uh, go to a, a couple of the churches of Revelation, uh, especially Ephesus, uh, and see the ruins, do a ferry uh, boat ride out to the island of Patmos and see the cave where St. John wrote uh, Revelation, mm -hmm. and then fly uh, back up into Istanbul, see the patriarch, my buddy, uh, and then go to Rome for two or three days and hopefully get an audience with Pope Francis again before we come back home. So and how I'm much hoping. Do I have to save for this? <laughs> uh, well, that's, that's why we had the meeting now because uh, they said all of the costs of things traveled these days have just gone through the roof since COVID. Uh, last year's trip was 6000 uh, I'm guessing it's going to be something close to that unless we're able to get a. a a cheap hotel, um, but they did tell me in order to keep the airfare down, we're going to have to use Turkish Airlines, which means at the end of the trip, we probably are going to have to fly Rome to Istanbul and then Istanbul, Washington, uh, so that we use Istanbul as the hub for all of our airfares, uh, because Turkish Airline is 40% cheaper than any of the others. It's subsidized by the government and they're trying to encourage people to use Istanbul as the hub. It's become the new London Heathrow of, uh, of Eastern Europe and, and the Middle East. So there's tons and tons of flights that are now going out. They've got a brand new huge airport that Erdogan built up on the Black Sea. It opened about five, six years ago. Uh, beautiful, modern, huge. Uh, and so now, uh, all the flights go through there. So, but I, I did tell the travel agent that um, flying from Rome to Istanbul and Istanbul back to Washington all in one day, which is what we did this last year, was just over the top. Uh, we were literally 20 hours traveling. So this time we're going to break it up. We're going to fly 
Rome back to Istanbul, stay overnight in Istanbul, and maybe do something up near the Black Sea uh, when we get there uh, to, you know, have something to do while we sort of recover and then get on the the 11 hour nonstop that goes Istanbul to Washington. So we've got a, a draft uh, itinerary. Uh, we're probably looking at sometime in mid July. And I'm guessing it's gonna be in the $6,000 price range um, and an extra thousand dollars for a single room. But that's all in, that's airfares, um, two meals a day, all the rooms, all the tips, all the local transportation, all the tour guides, all the entrance fees. That's everything but incidentals and souvenirs. So that's that's what everybody needs to save up is six thousand dollars. Fun. Um, okay. And we're we're probably going to announce it available for deposits uh, sometime in the fall of this year when we have pricing and more details worked out of what we're going to do and where. Okay. Um, but I'm, I'm uh, hopeful that uh, we'll have a chance to uh, greet Pope Francis uh, in Rome, and um, I'm sure we'll get an audience with uh, Patriarch Bartholomew uh, in our in our visits to Istanbul. Mm. Okay. Well. So that covers that trip um, after the... Uh, the uh, audience and the conference, uh, I actually continued my travels uh, and uh, met up with a client of mine in Paris where he paid me to come and video record someone uh, that was uh, a high level uh, doctor in his medical field. So I, it was quite a trip for me between going to Eastern Europe and London, and then Rome, and then back to Paris. Uh, and it was all from, let's see, I left on October 30th and got home on November 16th. Um, oh, and I did a video with Callistos up in Oxford uh, in, in the, at the end of all this. So it was, and, and that Wednesday the 15th when I was with Callistos, that was my birthday. <laughs> uh, so he and I uh, celebrated my birthday uh, that evening, and uh, uh, it was, yeah, it was uh, an 18-day trip altogether. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was one of my more complicated ones. Yeah, well, that's life. <laughs> All right, so. But it was certainly a, my, my most unique papal audience. Uh, it I was the audience so. that. The, the audience, the audience that almost wasn't that you didn't think you'd get, but somehow happened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if that concludes that, then thank you all for coming to this episode of Jack's Corner. Uh, we will see you back here next week. If you are a subscriber for the podcast, we have another episode of Ecumenism with Ted that is just um, just been put up on Friday, uh, and we have the first of the OL conferences almost completely ready to be digit. Oh, they're all digitized, but completely ready to be released alongside ecumenism. So, 
If you're not yet a subscriber, I'd strongly suggest you do that because there's a lot of cool stuff coming on the other end. Yeah, I just want to add, you know, OL1, let's, you know, ex expand on that a little bit. This is the very first Oriental Illumin conference um, that has only appeared uh, never before in any audio or video format because in 1997, the only thing I was able to do for that very first conference was have a cassette tape player on the podium and as I introduced each speaker, I pushed the record button to record their talk. Uh, this is long before the days of digital recording, before the days of us doing any videos. Uh, and uh, the only other place where you can hear or read these talks is in the proceedings book that we published for that first conference, um, which, you know, came out 27 years ago. So it's been a long while and some of you haven't even been born yet. And so if you are interested in hearing how the first conference was, the only place you're going to be able to hear it is subscribing to the podcast. So I would suggest you do that. Uh, besides that, again, thank you for coming, uh, and have a great rest of your week. Thank you, and God bless. Bye-bye.